Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues from dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out. Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. morning you two welcome to become more studios listeners it is very early in the beginning of a week monday morning scott likes early morning meetings scott recently uh got back from a really big vacation one of the things that you talked about scott coming back was customer service and in fact the three of us were chatting about customer service earlier today about when a customer wants something that you don't believe is necessary and where do you go from there so i just wanted to chat about customer service this morning and hear about scott about your experiences across the pond and what you think the lessons are for us and and Tammy, maybe also, how do you be customer focused without letting your customer run the show? Yeah, I love that. So Scott, you did have some interesting experiences. So let's start there. I would say our best customer experience was, it was like our suitcase broke the first day. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> And, and so we lived it along the first day and then got to a, a hotel in the, in Amsterdam. And I asked the nice young lady at the front desk if she had any tape, because I figured I could tape it. And she says, oh, well, she, had, and she asked a couple questions, you know, what's it for? You know, what are you trying to solve? Kind of what are you trying to solve questions? And I explained to her what, and she says, well, you know, let, let me look around and I'll, I'll bring it up to your room. And she brought up a full brand new roll of duct tape with a pair of scissors. <laughs> okay. So I was able to fix, fix it. And then I realized, oh, you know, for the rest of the trip, I probably, so I took a plastic lid and I actually wrapped around. This is actually the remaining duct tape that, uh, you know, I made a mini roll that I could just carry with for the rest of the trip. <laughs> of course, Scott's like, not a problem. I'm a Boy Scout. I will yeah, be prepared. You didn't out. just buy a new suitcase? Uh, no, because it was a screw and it was just, a, it had a screw, like many of us. It had a screw loose. Um, <laughs> you know, I took it back down and had a conversation about her and she gave some recommendations for dinner and she was absolutely fantastic. Fast forward to when we were we were supposed to stay at an Airbnb, and three days before we're supposed to check in, I get a, gosh, we're really sorry. We were told by the building that we can no longer have Airbnb. We can put you in this other place that we have, which think of like a, comparing a really nice place to a slump. <laughs> It was that bad? It was bad. Yeah, the pictures were pretty bad. Um, and I'm like, yeah, no. And so they refunded most. They didn't refund all? Well, the portion that Airbnb tacked on, they would not refund. And I went round and round and round. And I'm still going round and round and round with them. I didn't choose to have to find a new place with three days notice 
when I've had a reservation for a month and a half. And so to me, right, two very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Scott. It's funny because it's been a while, but I actually on the same day also had both ends of the spectrum. One, I took my car in to have some work done and it had a quarter tank of gas when I dropped it off and they did whatever their work was. And I went and picked up the car and I'm driving home. It runs out of gas. Okay. Now we are talking, you know, it's about 10 miles from the dealership to the house. And you know how you have a, like a running thing in your head about how much gas you have. So, you know, I, I knew I did never even looked at the gas tank and I knew how much I had, but obviously when they had worked on the car, they had used quite a bit. And I was about two miles from the dealership when I'm driving down the highway, you know, 70 miles an hour runs out of gas. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm put, I'm first of all, I was like, what's happening. I just got my car fixed. But then you look down and you recognize it's gas. I did get off to the side and I'm thinking I'm two miles away from the dealership. They obviously, when they worked on the car, had to run it, did whatever, and never thought about, you know, giving me a little bit of gas or reminding me that it maybe needed to go do it or whatever they could have done. And now I'm stranded on the side of the road. And I'm thinking this is unbelievable. And I had a plane to catch, which was the other thing. And, you know, that's not going to wait for me. So now I'm more hyper and I'm sitting there and I'm calling like my husband, I'm calling like, who's going to help me, right? Called the dealership and they're like, gas is not our problem. I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm two miles away. I've been doing business with you. I bought the car there. I've been doing business with you for me for years. Gas is not your problem. Okay, that's great. And while I made on my second phone call, because my first phone call was my husband, the second phone call was to the dealership. Up pulls an Iowa highway helper. <laughs> I hadn't even been on the side of the road like three minutes. And he pulls up, gives me a little bit of gas, follows me to the gas station, makes sure that I have a full tank of gas, will not take a tip. And I'm thinking, you just saved my bacon. All right. Not only did you make sure I wasn't hurt and stranded on the side of the road, you made sure I was taken care of and you did it in such a short amount of time. I didn't call for help. You just saw me and pulled over. You know, I literally uh, was in and out of there in about five minutes and made the plane. So it's so interesting, you know, that we have these very diverse like spots where they do things, they take care of things and it's not a problem at all. And then you know, just don't care kind of a thing. So what is the learning lesson in there for us? I believe it truly comes down to a couple things. One is, you know, this whole idea, are you customer focused or customer centric? And if you're customer centric, you're thinking about what is the need of the customer versus customer focus is what does the customer want? And then it's going to are you making moments of magic or moments of misery? Wow. Those, that is a, an interesting phrase. Okay. Because every interaction, I can make a moment of magic or a moment of misery. And it, you, we can sit and talk about it. Yes, it's a, probably some sort of continuum somewhere in between. Sometimes you land. Even when it's a terrible experience, the dealership, gas isn't our problem. Yeah, you know what? They did not make it a moment of magic. Over the weekend, okay, I have some fun video. I, you guys know we had some waterproofing done on the house and we had our crawl space encapsulated and there's a sump pump in there. 
Well, an alarm was going off yesterday. I have no idea what this alarm is. Um, there was almost two feet of water in the crawl space. Oh my goodness. For the first rain. First rain since this is work, since this work has been done. I called. Oh, and they haven't called back. I can't wait till they call today. <laughs> That's gonna be a moment of misery the other way. You did that. You know, no phone call back, two days. I climbed in there and I was just, the water was up to just below my knees. Wow. And you're 6'4". And I'm down and I actually think the sump pump burned out. Did they burn out the sump pump? No, they don't manufacture it. So I, I get it. Okay. But it's like, okay, you put an alarm in there. I have no idea. There is no way to turn this alarm off unless you crawl in there. Ugh. So then what are you supposed to do if there's, you know, great, it alerted me, wonderful. Even when there is a oh shit moment, you can make it a moment of magic. I think that's the piece. And it's not necessarily how we want to say this. Sometimes the customer does not always know what is needed and necessary. Sometimes the customer wants certain things and it's actually not going to help the situation. But there are times when we've had that oh shit moment when how we respond to it is critically important. And I think one of the things that you talked about with the gal behind the desk at the hotel in Amsterdam is starting with those questions and asking what the real issue is to understand it. So first of all, she was accessible, okay? You yep. know, um, in this particular case, you know, you have called about your sump pump and no one's responding, okay? So first of all, be accessible. And, and they have an answering service, which is great. So they have an answering service. I talked to a real human being and then, wow, they have an answering service, cool. And then her answer was, wah, wah. Hey, let me put you on hold. Like, well, no one's answering right now. And, you know, as soon as I talk to scheduling, we'll see how we can fit you in. No, wrong answer. <laughs> totally wrong answer. What's the right answer, Mr. Bergmeier? Gosh, I'm really sorry that you're having that problem. Right. I will, right, we will get someone to call you back and figure out how, you know, what do we need to do? You don't have to go any further than that. She can't, um, right? No one can solve it on the phone. I get that. Right. And then the thing is, so accessibility, show a little empathy, okay? Then they have to do what they say they're going to do, okay? Now, I got to tell you, with the car dealership, I'm two miles away, okay? Do you think maybe this organization, this car dealership has gas on site? Of course they do, okay? Do you think they have a gas can? Of course they do. Could they have put a human being in the car, driven down, given me some gas, right? And been there and back in less than 10 minutes? Of course they could have. And just for a moment, when you think about the average car dealership, how many people are just hanging around? I mean, they could have even sent a salesperson. <laughs> and, you know, the difference in that response, right? Either no one calls you or they're like, hey, gas is not, we're not responsible for gas, right? And, you know, maybe they're not. Okay, maybe they're not. But the difference in that is how I think about that in terms of it was a moment of misery 
They doubled down on the misery for me instead of making it a moment of magic. And they could have very, very easily given me a simple, quick, easy solution. And it simply matters saying, where are you? And asking some questions and very, very quickly being able to take action on that. And I think sometimes what happens is we are going to stonewall or we're unavailable or we just say, that's not our problem. You have to fix it. And when we say that in that particular space, we're not building relationship in that. It's nothing that is going to long-term make it such that I'm going to want to continue to do business with you. Do you think that's the front line or do you think that's leadership that's creating that attitude? Wow, that's a really interesting question. (laughs) Well, and I'm just thinking, you know, we were at an organization and I actually texted the group and I said, hey, what is your experience? And you all answered. And your answers matched our answers with middle management. I think... There is some element that happens, you know, at the front line. Ultimately, what is the what is the expectation and how do how do we respond? And if it is completely allowed to be the front line, then it's still a leadership responsibility to create the what do you want it to be? How do you want us to respond? Right. I mean, the the guy answering the phone at the car dealership may have just not really given a shit. Then he also maybe was thinking, I don't have, if I leave the building, I'm going to get fired. I don't even know who to ask about this. I don't, I don't know how to solve this problem. And that's training. It could have also been, I mean, you're right. Maybe, maybe the organization, if it had gone up a level or two, maybe they would have responded differently. However, it also could be, this has happened before. We have a, our standard response is gas. We are not responsible for the gas in a customer's tank. Truly, if you think about it for just a minute, I could see that being a reasonable policy. Okay. And so this is just the guy's methodology of communicating. It wasn't very tactfully done. It's also an interesting leadership decision. And in either way, Maybe leadership would have taken care of it and didn't train, or maybe leadership had a policy and didn't help people communicate it. In the end, it's left an impression for me of that organization. And I have a car that I will buy probably in the next year or two, and it will not be from them. And I no longer go there for service, even though I have always serviced my car there, always in that particular case. And Scott, Airbnb, are you going to be using Airbnb? I don't know that I'll ever use them again. Right? So there's a book out there called A Complaint is a Gift. It's one of my, it's an oldie. I mean, it's been around for a long time, but it's one of my favorites because I think oftentimes organizations don't listen to necessarily their bad press. They see these complaints as a problem. But they're not documenting and seeing how often do those complaints come up and then what should we do with that and making a decision about how do you solve that so those those same complaints are not escalating. And I think there's a piece as a customer. I also think there's a piece that the last research I've seen is people will, it's a 10 to 1 ratio. If you have a bad experience, you tell 10 people. 
if you have a good experience, you might tell one, maybe two. I think there's a piece of how we give that feedback and do we, because sometimes I hear people up, well, did you tell anyone? Well, no, it won't matter anyway. And so then they, you know, sometimes I do believe that organizations don't get the feedback or they don't have a listening method to receive the feedback and respond, right? So I think there's a number of, of challenges that can also be there. And then, you know, you go, people go on social media and all those things and complain or, and so there is an opportunity for us as consumers to say, how do I give that real constructive feedback in a way that they can hear it? I mean, we've all, (laughs) we've heard the stories or we've seen it where, yeah, I, I mean, I could have called the poor gal on the phone who's just the answering service and I could have went ballistic to how does it help? It but now, does. don't get me wrong, I was really pissed. Right. Really unhappy, but it doesn't don't, help. Yeah, don't shoot the person who's there. They don't have, quote unquote, the authority. She can't do anything about that at that moment. But again, that still comes back to the organization and to leadership. And if you're not listening or purposely going out and finding, hey, what are the consistent messages? What are the consistent things that are going on? What is that trend and that theme? And what are we going to do about that? And again, not necessarily to make every single individual customer happy. However, we need to look at the whole and say, what is the messaging And how is it impacting our organization and our opportunity to expand relationships with these customers or to attract others? And then make a very conscious decision versus just jumping to every request that a customer has or every angry person who calls up and, you know, greasing the the squeaky wheel. It's consciously deciding who we want to be and then making sure we follow through with that and making sure that we train our folks and have the right policy in places and all of that so that we have we are as an organization providing the experience that we want our customers to have. And I do think the reactionary to a customer and just taking care of that squeaky wheel is as detrimental to the organization as kind of the experience of misery that we create because we're unaware that we're creating that misery. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box, and be sure to check out our upcoming episodes always announced on LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.